Low-born funny friends, the BFFs. Yeah, I know. Ten episodes it took you to figure know, that out. It took me ten episodes, and now I've got it. Ten we, episodes. We oh, the born funny friends. It's a BFFF, guys. Wow. Oh. Mm. Now, look, um, this is a great episode. Uh, it's with a um, person. <laughs> we just spoke about I who forgot. it is. Have you I'm already so forgotten? Sorry, yeah. It says it on the name. Oh, where, there's nothing in front of it, me. Uh, j- jump on listener right now. <laughs> no, it's not on listener yet. Oh, it is. Because we're recording this, this before oh, it's uploaded. Stop ruining the magic. <laughs> this is live. It's live. It's there. When people see it, it's on there. Come there's on. nothing in front of me. Well, why is there nothing in front of you? What's supposed to be in front of me? Why don't you just say who it is? Because you should know. <laughs> I just said it. You know who it is. You know who it is. I, I believe Nate's writing it down on a piece of paper to show me. Hushin Hul. Razel Gul. <laughs> Christian Hull! Christian Hull! Christian Hull. You could have just saved me and said it early. No, nah, but then now, now I look like a dick. Well. In front of the BFFs. Look like. <laughs> in front of the BFFs. That's uh, watch me forget that next time. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of forgetting about it. It's a great fit. It's a, it's a, you know what? That, that's why you're bloody born funny, mate. Thank you, mate. Uh, look, uh, unfortunately, Nathan and I are taking some time off after this one. We still have some more in the can. Yeah. There are episodes coming, but we are taking a little break from born funny. 10 episodes seems like a nice, neat number. Uh, we do love Christian Hull. It's a very fun episode. We used to work with him uh, outside of he's this podcast. He's a good podcast. friend of ours and he's very, very funny. Used to work with um, Carrie and Tommy. I knew it was him this whole time. Everything I've done is a bit. It's all a bit, mate. It's all a bit. It's all comedy, guys. So, um, look, we are we are taking a little break, but Born Funny will be back. Yes. But we feel like there's 10 apps ten to sink your teeth into. Yeah, absolutely. So do yourself a favour. If you haven't listened to all 10 episodes, go back and listen to them because every single one of them is phenomenal. Uh, very, very funny people, including this one, Christian Hull. At one point, actually, at one, I think it's at the start, he gets his titties out. Christian Hull gets his titties out at the, at the very start of the podcast. Now, I know that's very visual. Um, so head to the Instagram at Jimmy Nath. It'll be there at some point. I think, I think it is already there. I think it's already it's there. It's already there. Yeah, it's, uh, it was our like promo video to launch Born Funny. You'll have to scroll a bit backwards. Yeah. Uh, but if you do, scroll back and... We got time. We're off for five weeks. Yeah, we are. So You can scroll back in five weeks. Grow up. Actually, this podcast is not going to start until you scroll back and watch <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit here. Obviously, I mean, this is a Christian. I mean, you could easily skip because that's our podcast. Oh, it? damn it. No, it's live, mate. Remember? Yeah. You oh, said earlier. Oh, yeah. Look down at listener. What does you that can't mean? You can look down at listener. Everyone should. Should be. Anywhere you look. There's listener. listener. Well, in this studio, there actually is. Listener. See? You hear that? They just jump out of nowhere. Listener. Listener. Triple M. <laughs> we can say that because this is unbranded. Only by listener. The Hit Network. Yeah. <laughs> Southern Cross on stereo. <laughs> Do you think that's enough time? I think that's enough time. All right, enjoy the bloody podcast. Ah, funny people. An odd bunch, really. Not your usual folk. They've been making us knee slaps since the ancient Greeks. But what makes these real-life jesters tick? Perhaps today we should ask this person. Hi, it's me, Tell me, were you born funny? We're about to find out! (laughs) Nate, please get the round of applause ready for an Australian comedian and content creator who has over 670 million views, I think. 
Uh, he is best recognised for his OnlyFans account, with people stopping him in the street and asking to see his penis. Uh, we love, we love when he guesses paint colours and reacts to craft hacks on TikTok. He has published his book, Leave Me Alone, but sadly, he's only gotten more famous and no one will leave him alone. The comedian, writer, podcaster and content creator spent more than nine years in Australia's largest radio network, SCA, where you and I work, mate. He was a national digital video producer uh, for Carrie and Tommy, but he realised, I'm funnier than these <laughs> So he went and did his own stuff. Stop it. He has a podcast called Complete Dribble. It is on the listener app. Please welcome Christian Hull. Christian Hull. Love him. Oh, what an intro. And you know what? I cannot wait for the day that people stop me in the street and ask to see my penis. I know it's much better than you just showing it to people in the oh, street. Oh, I need consent. Well, consent is important. Yeah, so I learned the hard way. Yeah. If you say, I mean, Christians in Brisbane at the moment. If you see him in a trench coat, run. Uh, <laughs> a trench coat—that's overdressed. Yeah. And also, mate, in Brizzy, it's too hot. Yeah, of course. Oh Even... God. Do you know we're heading into winter at the time we're recording this? I went to Bunnings yesterday, and there is a full aisle for heaters. It does not get below twenty-two <laughs> degrees here in winter. What a bunch of pussies that live in Queensland. <laughs> I, this is why I moved here. Like, I, I lived in Melbourne, which is disgusting. It's so cold, even in summer. And, like, I can understand everything needs heating. No, you just... Uh, Anyway, sorry. I, I, go off on, I get really angry. Like You can see just the smallest things really set it's, me off. Did you give that feedback to Bunnings on your way out? Or did you just internalise it and wait no, for I your next podcast? No, I wrote it down on my little thing and I went, dude, a full 40-minute talk break on how much <laughs> heaters are annoying you in Queensland. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, Christian, I mean, first things first, I apologise. We had a few tech issues at the start. so You know what? Um, it wouldn't be SCA if there was not a million things That's going true. wrong. That's true. That's true. Spoken like somebody who's worked behind the scenes who's at SCA. Who's worked there for nine years, yes. <laughs> yeah, Christian and I had some great conversations. We spoke about uh, whether you or not have I... chlamydia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my nice. chlamydia. I don't know if you wanted people to no, know it's, that. No, it's fine. If you didn't say Christian, I was going to say it. Yep. So. And, um, so this is episode number two for yeah. you. You've had chlamydia before. Yes, no, I have. Yeah. Um, which actually mm. gives you a lot more confidence this time. It's, as I mentioned to you before mm. the podcast, two pills... Take it. Uh, you don't have sex for seven days. Oh, it's really it goes good. away. And it's the, great. Jim actually does have another listener podcast um, called uh, Born with Chlamydia. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit mouthy. Like STDs. Yeah, STDs. Um, and then oh. we're talking about how much money you earn on OnlyFans. <gasps> yeah, it's pretty good. Yes. At the moment, it's about four and a half grand a month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get to ten grand. That's it's huge. a lot of work. Like it's it's a lot of work. What oh, kind of what kind of gear is going into the OnlyFans stuff? So I filmed my first collab yeah. uh, last week. So OnlyFans, it's really good. You can't just upload uh, two people doing the nasty without their consent. Yep. And by their consent is you you have to show OnlyFans their driver's license oh. and a consent form. So it's it's makes it really tricky to collab with someone. They have to be verified. But a friend of mine who is like, I don't know how explicit I can be. You can, can say whatever um, you want. It, yeah. It's like an arm. Like, and <laughs> wow. I was very much... Uh, not uh, in the mouth only because that's too, it's too much. It's like being fisted if you were to take it. But it was, uh, it was just like something has sparked in me because I, I launched OnlyFans uh, the 1st of January this year. Mm. And like I'm a big guy. Uh, I'm short and fat. And, for, you know, for 36 years I've really hated myself. But something happened and I don't know what it is. And at the start of the year I just went, I'm hot. 
and I started really appreciating all the folds and everything. And um, I've just become a like I was always a secret whore, <laughs> but now I'm a not secret whore, just, and I'm making some decent money. Just a public whore. I love it. I'm, yeah. Oh, public whore. Do, I, look, we, I'll be honest. I don't subscribe, but I've I've seen you post about it on the on Instagram and other stuff. I'm going TikTok. to now. I want yeah. to see the arm. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, get I a can dis- see your profile there. You <laughs> use your real name, mate. Just just wait. Everyone listening, how do you think I got the chlamydia? Um, anyway, uh, he's friend with the big arm. Um, uh, are you doing gear on there as well, like like funny stuff, or is it just more the explicit? Content. No, it's not. It's mostly, it's just sexy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I try, I sort of try to be a little bit more fun. Like, oh, I bought some sex toys. Let's open them and go through them and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't, people aren't there for that. Yeah. So they're there for a reason. I just put the sex toy stuff on YouTube, which allows me to do that. And then that's sort of, yeah, they're there for a reason. They just want to spend three minutes looking at your content and then disappearing. <laughs> Get giving in, get you nine dollars a month, yeah. Getting get out. That's why I use it. It's like I don't. Well, want how to much? Sorry, how much is it to subscribe to you? What is your nine dollars a month? Oh, that's cheap as oh, chips. That's how good is yeah, that? That's a is deal, it? Oh, mate, anything's cheaper than Netflix. I mean, uh, yeah, for the content, like I'll post like maybe three times a week, like some decent videos. But I've also got a free account, so I have two: one that you can get all the content for free, and one that you pay nine dollars a month for. So I've got six and a half thousand subscribers on the free one, yeah, and about four hundred on the paid one, and um, yeah, it's just this beast. Do you think you make it more funny, uh, more money from being sexy now than being funny, or what's like what's the revenue stream now? What's what's better, sexy or funny? <sighs> Should we be doing actually, born sexy? <laughs> born sexy. Um, well, I can tell you the answer for that one. No, um, that would be weird. Um, as a one day old, were you hot? <laughs> so you know, just quickly, sorry to pause. The last one of these we did, right? The born funnies. Mm. Now, if you are listening, whatever app you're listening on, you'd see the the image, right? Yeah. It's, it says born in orange. And it says funny underneath. Now we told you this earlier, Christian. We had the Arnie Donner boys on. Yeah. Their bit when they started it yesterday, they go, oh, "I thought this was porn funny." Yeah. <laughs> So now we've, we've gone two episodes in a, row. in a row. If you've heard Auntie Donna and you're now hearing this going, geez, Jimmy and Nath have taken a real turn with his podcast. <laughs> That's where the money is. Hey. Auntie Donna boys know, yeah. Well, I mean, Christian, let's go back. Let's go back to the start. Mm. Um, mm. So Christian at school, can you t- tell us about Christian Hull when wow. he was at, when he was in primary school? Were you a funny person? Where did you grow up? Inshallah. Where, where did Great all that question. happen? Great question. Because Christian at primary school and Christian in high school, two vastly different people. You wouldn't even recognize them. Wow. I was the, uh, I would say the comedian in primary school. Uh, I only had female friends um, and I was always performing for them, making them laugh. And I loved, I got such a thrill, um, always joking, always just being, I was just, I, I mean, I wasn't very smart, still not. And <laughs> it was just like the confidence it gave me to make them laugh. I loved it. And where was this? Where did, where did you grow up, Christian? Where was I grew this? up in Sydney. It's in Sydney. Um, okay. If you want to be specific, uh, Deniston. No one knows where that is. Okay. Uh, it's near North Ride. Someone and is listening yeah. on the train to Deniston. <laughs> yeah, going, yeah. Oh, yeah, represent. Okay. <laughs> I went to St. Therese. Um, it, was only, it was a small school. It was okay. only like 150 people in the entire primary school. Right, okay. Yeah, there was a primary school really close by that had like 1,500 people. Sure but I don't was. think I would have coped with that many. Like, you, you just had a small audience... Everyone knew who you were and you 
I don't know. I just really enjoyed primary school. So when you when you were entertaining all your, I mean your your female friends, what kind of gear were you doing? Were you were you dressing up? Were you doing voices? Were you doing bits? What was the combat? The primary school Christian you know, Hell comedy. What? I don't remember. I just remember making them laugh all the time. I think it was just being a, a moron, like <laughs> slapstick. There's probably a bit of slapstick humour, which is a bit shameful. But um, I don't know. I wish I had a great, deep and meaningful answer for you. Do you, do, what, do you remember like the first, do you remember your first joke? Maybe you're a bit older. You, is, is there something you remember where you said something or did something performance-wise and you went, wow, I've got a big laugh here? No. I mean, I've never had a big laugh. This <laughs> I'm still waiting for that moment. But <laughs> I've got revisit. Of, yeah, lots yeah. of smaller laughs, but it was, uh, the, the most vivid memory was sitting, we had this huge tree, and you know those shitty primary school, like, steel bench seats. Yeah. They used to slap them. And so it was like, almost like an auditorium. So all the girls would sit there and I would stand literally at the front and just be like, (laughs) and they would just all laugh. I don't know. Was was I doing a tight five? I don't don't know. And then the recess bell would go and we'd all go back into class. Yeah. What were you you like in class? Were you like, were you funny in class or were you studious? No, I was a teacher's pet. Okay. Right. Uh, I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say studious, but I was. I pretended to be. Well, no, I was a real goody two shoes. Okay. So you never got you in know, trouble. You didn't get in trouble. Never got in trouble. I was like the little gay kid who you know just yes, miss. You're the best teacher ever. Here's an apple. <laughs> Shine your shoes. You know, like. Um, and then on the playground, yeah, like I didn't. I didn't really get bullied. Um, there were a few. Uh, I guess of the the boys in the class that were a little bit like real like masculine, like Whoa, you're a girl. Like the worst insult was you're a girl because I had a high pitched voice and all I did was hang out with girls. So I was like, I mean, I'm not. I have a penis, um, <laughs> so I don't know what you're yeah. trying and to do. Thirty there. years later, you'll be able to subscribe <laughs> and see. <laughs> yeah, if you, pass, if you pass me in the street in thirty years, I'll get it out for you. <laughs> Those accountants in North Ride are going. I wonder what he's up to. But do you know what I did recently? I do you ever go on Facebook and stalk the, your primary school? Yeah, like, I've had a look. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh Always. my god, Kenny! If you're listening, I don't want to give your last name. So hot. Oh, oh really? My oh, my God. Kenny. Yeah, re- like some of them have. <gasps> Do you remember mm. Kenny in primary school? What yeah, was... Kenny was a bit of a bully, though. Oh, um, Kenny, yeah, asshole. Was, but like, he was the bad boy that I can change. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't actually like, I didn't have any sexual interest or like any like, oh, mm, boys, yum. I didn't think that in <laughs> primary school. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so, but then. Yeah, when I Googled Kenny recently, I was like, Oof. Did you add him? Okay. Did you add Kenny? Oh, God, no. Why? No, no. Because that's, that's weird. Yeah. No. <laughs> Haven't seen you in 30 years. Add <laughs> yeah. Link to OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm the Christian from school on the silver seats what, doing the performance. What, what was the yeah. big difference then? You said you were such a big person between high school and pro- What happened? Was there a change um, in your life? Or? Yeah. You, it's, I think going from a school of 150 to being relatively popular and being... The gay kid, because at, at that age, you start to understand uh, th- those things, and uh, especially uh, maybe not. N- no, I think I, I think I knew at that age going in that I was like, no, oh, is this a phase? Okay, well I'll wait for this phase to finish. But then it was just all of the different primary schools in the area mm. being shoved into year seven, and a lot of them were just massive. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a. That's a 
full on word, but That's it was awful. Fun. Straight away, day one, hated it. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it's the first time I really heard the word faggot. Oh, wow. And it was like real full on straight away. And I went to school. If you live in Sydney, it was St. Pat's Dundas. Oh, yes. yeah. um, it was actually a great school. It was a Maris Brothers school. So it was a bit religious y. Yeah. And um, it was, I never found my click. I never had that sort of group of girls again that I could perform for. And, and Did the girls that you were with in your other place come across as well or not? No. See, that was a problem. They all went to like, girls' schools. I would have ah. followed them. <laughs> um, some of them. So I remember vividly in the car, mum saying, you're going to go to Holy Cross Boys School. And I knew, I knew I wouldn't survive. Yeah. Something in me knew. And I think it was because some of the older boys uh, at primary school had gone there who I was scared of and who'd given me a little bit of grief. But um, I just remember going, I'm, there's no way, please don't send me there. Breaking down in a panic, hysterical. And I went, I want to go to St. Pat's Dundas because most of my year was going there. Yeah. yeah. So you had some of the girls that I knew, that I was friendly with, um, but that weren't in my like performance routine. Yeah. Um, so a new audience. Yeah. <laughs> and just familiar faces that were going to make me feel comfortable. Right. And I remember just getting there and it was, just suddenly I was all on my own. And I was like, oh my God, where do I go? Who do I talk to? What do I do? And that was basically me for, for six years. I never had uh, a group of people that I sat with at lunchtime, basically. Um, wow, I, had I, would, wow. I would flitter between the odd group, but I never felt welcomed. Right. So you know, I never felt part of a clique. And so what I would do is, this is so sad, but to avoid the sort of bullying at lunchtime, I would just go to the library and just sit in the library. And I thought I was a genius. <laughs> I would sit in the corner and do all my homework for the day. So when I got home, I could just watch TV. Completely done. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. It sounds sad, but I'm like, no, that was so clever. So but um, that was... Yeah. Six years of just sitting in the library. So how did, how did it go? I mean, like, what about, like, you, I mean, you said about your mum sending you there and, and the mm. people outside of school. I mean, I'm assuming this would transform the confident Christian who was performing at the Silver Seat store, the girls from primary school, yes. uh, to going through this in, in high school. How did that transform you as a person? How did that impact you as a person? Um, as a performer, even? Well, so I... I have triplet brothers. So I have three brothers who are four and a half years younger. Yeah. And thank the Jesus Lord Christ, we didn't have Facebook or the internet basically growing up. So we weren't, you know, the bullying didn't come home with me. Yeah. So when I got home, it was a totally different story. I was back to primary school Christian, yeah. performing, doing all these dumb videos. We, we had a <laughs> handy cam and we used to do CSI with um, my brothers and I was you know, really pushy in a director. And all we would do is, <laughs> all we would do is we'd only get through the opener. I would do the cheesy opener where it was like, turn to camera and smile. But I'd, it was, it was always in like the most hilarious of settings. Like Nick would be giving CPR and I'm like, now look to camera and smile. And you know, it's just really dumb shit. And so I, you know, I had an insanely creative family. Mum was uh, worked in the fashion design industry. She was doing pottery part-time. She was incredibly, just such a talented artist. Dad built our house. Wow. Um, he did all the DIY stuff. Uh, my aunts, my uncles, they all worked in arts and entertainment. And so I was constantly surrounded by that growing up. So while school was shit, I was only there, you know, from nine till three. And then my home life and weekends were 
crazy, hectic. Um, I remember, I think I would have been in year 10, and my older cousin, uh, Michelle, was this just like bohemian artist, you know, who lived in a warehouse apartment in Surrey Hills, but it wasn't, it was like, she wasn't squatting, but it looked like she was squatting. Like it wasn't, she had no money and she had an art studio there. So they used to do this annual exhibition. There was a theme and we got to make things. So one year it was like fish was the theme. So I made some artworks and I remember for the first time going to this gallery (laughs) <laughs> the lift, uh, the lift, you wouldn't get in the lift because it sort of didn't work and it was f- terrifying. So you used to climb up all these rickety wooden stairs. And I remember, this gets dark. I remember just hearing someone crying, wailing, and it was getting closer and closer. And I didn't know this till a few years later, but I was like looking at them like, God, can you just have a mental, like, there's a gallery here. Yeah. And I found out, oh, this is really sad. So I found out. And she was living. She was living in like a heroin den. Oh. So they were having. Yeah, it was a bit dark. So they. She was living in this just chaotic, disastrous. This woman was coming down and needed a hit, and it was pretty awful. Oh. And I'm like, sorry, mum, you took me and my brothers, <laughs> who were eight at the time. And mum's like, oh, well, I didn't know. <laughs> but we went back every year. But it was just. It was such. I. I my parents were so. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't sound like they were very good, but they were yeah. so open and accepting. <laughs> yeah. that they would take us to, you know, Michelle's warehouse style art project. We'd exhibit our own works. You know, Shelley would let us exhibit. I mean, I was like 15 yeah. and she'd let us do and express ourselves. And we got to experience at this gallery. There was always a performance artist. <laughs> oh, my God. And one of the times uh, my parents thought it would be great to bring Nan and Pa. And so they're in their late 70s (laughs) into this drug den and, you know, past served in the war. And so (laughs) sitting at the front because they're old and this performance artist walked in and the theme of that night was like bugs and fairies. And this guy comes in painted like this urine yellow colour and he's nude but got glad wrap around him in in like where his penis is and there's all these eggs. And so (laughs) performance artist, it's this reborn and he just rolls around on the ground and these eggs smash and so we're watching this and my grandfather's sitting there and next minute because the glad wrap was good when the eggs weren't crushed when they crushed they disappeared so the glad wrap was loose this guy's dick just falls out (laughs) and of course i'm like oh now i'm interested (laughs) and he's rolling around and mum and dad were like well, that is performance art, guys. <laughs> Nudity is a part of life. And oh. so I was just exposed to sort of everything and mum and mum and dad, mum more so. She was a more bohemian-esque one. Dad yeah. was, uh, you know, used to work at a bank. So yeah. that says a lot. Yeah. But they were both such beautiful, wonderful, understanding parents who let us explore what we wanted to, you know, if yeah. we wanted to play with Barbies, they were like, we'll, we'll get you some Barbies. Amazing. So we never grew up, you know, with pink being a girl's colour and boy boys being a you know, it blew basically. So the support that you didn't get from the from the kids at school and and everything, you were absolutely you had it in in spades every time you got home. Yeah, from from mum and dad and from my brothers, which is why I think they are. And this sounds so this sounds a bit gay. That like <laughs> my mum and dad are like my best friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my brothers. So I have just such a really close relationship with my family, and we all are incredibly close and. I tell them everything. I mean, apart from being on OnlyFans, but I, I, 
my my life is just I, there's nothing that I don't share with them, and I think that probably did. You're right. Stem from the fact that I was so closed off in high school, and I didn't have really any friends to talk to things about. Um, but I could come home and feel quite safe. At, at in that high school situation, we did you immerse yourself in any drama or yeah, theatre sports or anything or? like that, or no? I wish I did. Uh, no, I was too scared because oh. I knew I'd have to perform or do something if I was in drama. And some of the you know dickhead kids were doing drama, and I was like, no, nah, I just want to avoid them. I don't want to stand out. I didn't want to stand out in any way, shape, or form uh, in high school. Um, so I played. Cl- oh, oh dear, I say that. But the instrument that I chose to play for, for 12 years was the clarinet. Yeah. Um, so you want to do so drama, like, but you want to... I'm gay, but I want everyone to know that I'm gay. <laughs> you know? um, but being a part of the school band was sort of the only creative outlet for me at school. Okay. Where I, I met my best friend, uh, Ashley. So she was so cool. She played the saxophone and she was she's so... So cool. She used to wear what's called blue blockers, which okay. I, I didn't know what it was, but they're like trucker glasses with yellow lenses. Okay. And then she started wearing studs when they were cool. Like I was like, oh my God, you're my best friend because you're so cool. And um, <laughs> if I sit here next to you, hopefully I'll be cool too. <laughs> It'll rub off on me. Yeah. So, it yeah. Didn't. so what are you doing then? Like if school's finishing up, do you have any direction? Do you have any, like, do you want to do anything or are you just happy to be out of there? So because my home life, I was such a performer and loud and, and doing all these different sort of creative outlets because of my family, I remember really clearly not knowing what to do. And I knew when I hit puberty, ah, oh, I'm not going to get attractive. <laughs> um, so I, th- this urge to be a performer on stage or on TV, um, I knew wasn't going to happen. I was realistic. And I'd always wanted to be, oh, this I hate this, but... This is what I used to say. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be famous. I want to be famous. What for? I don't know. I just want to be famous. That's what I used to say. And I think part of that used to stem from the fact that I was just such a unpopular kid. Yeah. And everyone loved famous people. And so if I was famous, everyone would just love me. So I'd be back to those fun days of primary school. Yeah. And I just, but I didn't know how to do that. And a neighbor said to me, why don't you uh, volunteer at the community radio station? Why don't you do radio? Have you thought about radio? Yeah. You know, you, you talk a lot. You're, you're funny. You can do things. That, Filled with notoriously know. ugly people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here exactly. we are, guys. And here, here we, we are. are today. Look at us. Them. Uh, <laughs> you and your Nath have not had one TV gig ever. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, Why are we even rolling uh, on this bullshit? Yeah. Uh, Christian, where, so you did. So you you then went to community radio. Was that mm. in that same area that that, that North Right area? What was yes, the community? it was two triple R in Gladesville. Oh, and that was I, Jimmy oh, and I. Do you know it? No, Jimmy and I started on the sister station to that two R. Hornsby to oh. Burwood two R DJ FM in oh, Burwood. Wow. Yeah. No way. That's what when you said community radio and there was an R in it, I was like, oh, two I R. Yeah, DJ, two yeah. R DJ was us in Burwood. So, I, oh my god, no, I did. I was on a show there. I was a guest. <laughs> I did something because it was in someone's house, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> it was just. I was like, because two triple I was in this fancy little cottage studio and I was really decked out, and I was like, oh, Burwood, that's a step up. And then I got there, no. I was like, this is yeah. someone's bedroom. <laughs> no. Am I here to be on radio? <laughs> the station manager. I don't know if you met her. Uh, she would have been a. Little she was, what, 120 when we were June, in there? June, her name was. June. Oh, yes. 
Yes. And she and, oh. would smoke. I reckon we would do a shift for two hours, and I reckon she'd get through three packets of Siggy's Old June, R.I.P. Mm. Uh, oh, she's not alive. I she love the people isn't. on the board. We had Bruce, who was the finance guy, who was like, a, you could just tell, the most homophobic but didn't want to appear to be homophobic. And I would swan in to do my shift because for some reason, well, the station manager at the time was young. Yep. She would have been in her 20s, uh, Natalie, and she was so good. Yeah. Um. She now she's now the head lecturer at, at Aftus. Oh, at the big oh radio amazing. School. Yeah. yeah. So she she knew her shit and she was so good. And so, um, I would swan in and hope that she was the one on the reception and, and doing all the work. And then Bruce would be there. Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> what are you up to? What are you doing on the air? And I, I'd be like, Oh God, be masculine. Um. Yeah, just talking about um, <laughs> you know Adam Lambert and. Uh, <laughs> You know, Madonna, and then I'm playing a fun game of um, is this an animal penis or a human penis? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, I just remember we were in there and uh, one of our fir- the first times we were in there and we were doing just doing stupid shit. Yeah. Probably, oh, the, probably the same shit. gear. Probably the same gear. We had a... <laughs> Ministry of Sound CD that we yes! would play out. So we would play but that. No, we were told it had to be all Australian content. And so we give it to them and it's a Ministry of Sound. And they're like, David Guetta, is he Australian? <laughs> oh, big Aussie yeah, artist. He's up in Cairns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I think it's David Guetta. <laughs> and, we were, and we were doing that. Yeah, get her on the radio. And then and, and we were doing like this kind of bullshit. That, Probably um, talking about animal penises. But remember, June walked in and she was sitting there, still sticking in her mouth inside. And she looked at us, Christian. She looked at us. She goes, you guys think you're pretty bloody funny, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, through the smog, we're like, yes, June. But the, and they constantly tell you that nothing will ever be as good as community radio. Yeah. And you're like, they're so right. Yeah. The shit that we could get away with and do, and there was no pressure, and it was so fun. Yeah. So oh. so you, you go into community radio, you find yes. this little creative outlet, and then oh. you go to afters as well? Yeah. So I do. you do a... Two Triple R, you do what you have to do an on air course before they put you on air. Right. Uh, mine was with uh, Susie Yousef. Oh, so, oh Susie yeah, Yousef. Su- yeah. she, yes. So yeah. she's now on the project, comedian. She's yeah. posted all these things. How random. So random. Yeah. Um, and then so I did uh, Two Triple R while I was working full time. I would, you know what we had to do? We had to record. I pre recorded my shows six till nine. I had Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I pre recorded them on VHS. VHS? Yeah. I don't know how that worked. A videotape, and you you could record up to like 18 hours on these things. Um, anyway, so I did that for a while, and then I was like, mm, okay, where to from here? And I upgraded and I went to FBI Radio. Oh, which yeah. Is, Big step like up. The, yeah, which yeah. is, uh, yeah. was that at Redfern? So it's like the triple. Yeah, yeah, Redfern. Triple, yeah. Very triple J community radio, um, but massive. So you, sorry, from, just, so you're out of school doing this, but you're not, are you doing anything else? Like, are you studying or anything? Or you no. Just finished? So I left school knowing that I wanted to get into entertainment. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't want to go to uni. And I knew... I got to my HSC. I was like, there's no point. Like, <laughs> come on, mum. Like, there's no point. I'm not going to get the marks I need to get into the course that you would like me to do. So, and she was like, all right. And so I'd got a full-time job whilst, I got my full-time job whilst I was working, doing, doing my HSC. My boss was like, can you work? I'm like, I have exams. Yeah. And so I started working like full-time and doing 2RRR and working in America during the winter. At, at a summer camp over, oh. over in the States. How did that so it, come about? Oh, again, my best friend, my cool best friend, Ashley on the saxophone, yeah. uh, was going to do it. And I had a mental breakdown maybe a week before she was leaving. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? 
And I basically just didn't tell anyone. I told no one. And Ashley had been preparing to go to America for months. And she said, you should do it. This will be great and whatnot. You've got to get visas. It's a whole process. And I remember having a, a small mental breakdown. Like, what am I doing? Like, I've been working in retail. I've been doing two AAA now for like three years. W- what more is there? <laughs> and um, I didn't tell mum. I told no one. And I went in uh, to get my visa, I got approved for a visa, updated my passport, got it fast-tracked, and I literally said to Dad, oh, Dad, um, because he used to work for Qantas, yeah. do you mind um, using your, here's some money, I need tickets to America. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to the States. He's like, oh, wow, when? I'm like, next week. <laughs> and I'm going for three months. <laughs> oh, and I just shit. packed up and left. Wow. And that experience, again, really changed me as a person because... It was in the middle of nowhere in California in a redwood forest. It looked like the Manson family ranch. Oh, shit. Like it was a farm camp. <laughs> okay. And I don't like animals. I don't like the outdoors. I don't like anything. I don't know why they placed me in this camp. But it was just the most insane experience where everyone loves everybody. Yeah. Like there was no, I don't know, just I look back at photos and this was in maybe 2005, six and seven because I went for three years. Yeah. Um, well, to like I back wore, and forth. Yeah. Oh, it was great. I had like nine summers. Summer in America, summer in Australia, summer oh, in America. Wow. And uh, the, like, I look at what I experimented with wearing, like terry tailing pants, toe socks that were <laughs> rainbow up to my knees. Toe socks. A purple backpack. I had like eclectic flowers and pussycats on a shirt with a glow mesh fanny pack <laughs> and a tie as a bandana. And I thought I was, I thought I was actually, I thought it was so cool. And <laughs> had I look back had at you photos. Come out? Had you come out yet? You know what? I sort of had. Yeah. Sort Chris of. Is like, I haven't yet. Um, Chris what are you like, doing? Oh, oh my God, we're out of here on the podcast. Oh, f- <laughs> no, 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 Jim. No, no, he's never come out. <laughs> I, so I never needed to with my family because they just sort of worked it out. Yeah. And I'd never really, I'd, I'd the only person I told was Ashley, basically. Yeah. yeah. And when I got there, you confronted with it pretty quickly because a lot of the Americans, well, it was so obvious that I was. Yeah. And there was one who was really. There was this artistic um, other counsellor from America and she was this, you know, gorgeous thing and she was so excited to see an Australian who was also into the arts and she's like, we're going to f***. <laughs> and she said that when I pulled up, opened the door and was like, hello, she was like, damn it. <laughs> and, then, and then straight away she was like, oh, you're gay, do you have a partner, do you know? And they just bombarded me with all these questions and I'm like, oh, my God, I've actually never had to have this conversation with anyone ever before. Yeah. And it was it was really confronting. But um, it was, I was like, yes. And it was such a non-drama and it, that's where I just learned a lot about myself. I was still a virgin. I yeah, mean, yeah. I was a virgin until I was 23. So okay. I had done nothing. And so... Going to the States and no technology, like you got no reception, no phones, no internet, no nothing, no news of the world. You had nothing for three months. It was almost like preparing me for when I'm a celebrity, comes knocking at my door, um, <laughs> which I don't want to brag, but I've already turned them down. Um, <laughs> you don't need that shit. I'm not only fans. Um, yeah. And then again, there was my audience. So like the kids thought I was so funny. They thought I was like, I don't know, like uh, Russell Peters, like so <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> and I just loved it. And I got back that sort of performance element. And I was like, okay, this is why I'm doing radio. This is, this is what I want to do. And what were you doing to make these kids laugh? Or what were, do you remember what you were doing for them? Was it more of that, more of that same Again, just performative think, live stuff? Uh, this is a great question. Cause it's like, are you born fun? Like, am I just like 
naturally such a useless, weird human that that my humour is just because I'm just... Who the f*** is this guy? You know, like, oh, it's so dumb, so useless that they would laugh at me rather than with me. But um, I just don't... I don't remember. Do you think that... I don't know, because I feel like the, the common thread sort of is the, this performative element mm-hmm. of you, right? And so, like, when Nathan and I, like, you know, we watch your videos and even, like, we've, you know, run into you down. I remember in Hobart once, Carrie and Tommy come down. Like, you're a very... Yeah. You're a funny person. Like, did you figure out what makes people laugh just from performing all the time and realising, oh, actually, this makes people doing laugh. Doing different oh, things, Like, it was... Yeah. You were born performative. I started doing... What my management like to call stand-up comedy. I don't like yeah. calling it that. Yeah. So I, I've done tours. It's a comedy show. Yeah. But I go, mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not writing or perfecting or doing anything. Like, I don't like calling myself a stand-up because I think that's a whole different level of comedy that you really have to be incredibly smart and, you know, timing and jokes and punchlines. And I literally, I just, I'm very good. And radio has done this to me at telling a story. And adding all the embellishments and painting yeah. the scene, which is what mm. radio teaches you to do. So from doing these stand-up shows, I basically just tell four or five stories from my life and make them, uh, you know, embellish them a little bit. But because I'm, you know, I start OnlyFans, I go to a nude beach, I, I do these experiences and I always get into some sort of drama yeah. that I can then turn into this elaborate story. And I love storytelling and uh, I've really enjoyed doing that on stage. Yeah. And so I don't know whether that's like, is that just an ability to tell a great story well, and, I mean, and to perform or are you born? Like, that's the question. But Christian, your, your, your videos are kind of where a lot of this all started. And that was like short form, funny stuff. Like with your brothers you, yeah, doing you, CPR, smart camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, like even like on, on, on social media, all those kind of things. I remember that was the first time I, I remember seeing Christian Ha pop up on like Instagram, TikTok, all that kind of thing going, this guy is f- funny and that comes with an understanding of humor because it wasn't necessarily storytelling it was you were doing characters you were doing situations mm-hmm. where people were like oh my god i can't believe he's doing that i can relate to that and you can, can you can be funny without being a comedian Absolutely. that's what this is about chatting yeah, to funny 100%. people so i think that i think that was there do you agree yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, yeah it's so yeah. it's so hard to know because people are like, oh, well, who are you influencers and, and who do you love? And I'm like, well, I, just, I think I've picked up comedy and my version of comedy and mannerisms from, you know, friends that I, I did make at work. You know, some of the friends that I did make, for, I mean, I've got some great friends from high school. I just never had that click. Yeah. But, you know, um, like definitely I could name like Chantel and like I've picked up. I just found her so funny. And so I picked up a lot of her mannerisms and the way she would deliver things. And Sergio was just always really funny. Every time, like, it didn't matter what conversation you were having, he'd do something or say something. And I'm like, that's so funny. Or just the way he performed with his face. And I think I've just taken all the funny bits that I've seen uh, from a lot of my friends and family and just mush them into one. And, and then I'm able to tell a story or do something um, or, or bring a bit of energy. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's that's a big part of it as well. I mean, you have this. It's infectious, isn't it, Jim? It's it's an infectious energy. Oh, I'm talking you, about infectious, yeah. mate. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> and careful, Christian. You'll catch it. I know we're on camera yeah, here, but Jimmy, you Jimmy, will you catch know it. Infectious. You so know infectious. <laughs> 
born with chlamydia. <laughs> no, but it's I, an overlap. I, the thing I'm really interested to know, sort of Christian, is that, you know, I mentioned in the intro, is the, is the nine years at SCA. And for those that don't know, SCA is it's, it's this company that, you know, they own Listener. Yeah. They own the Hit Network. They own Triple M. They're a massive organization, right? Yeah. You spent nine years in it, and I feel like, Christian, I don't know how you feel about your own career, but I feel like you're you're sort of in your wheelhouse now. Like, I see, you know, the podcast is funny, video is funny, OnlyFans is doing great. What happened in those nine years where you were supporting people rather than being the star? You know, what's really interesting about those nine years is I always knew this moment would happen. I never doubted that this would happen. I was like, "Mm, it's leading to something. Something's going to happen. And I, you know, spent nine years doing a whole variety of things within radio, but I never did the thing that I wanted, which I genuinely wanted to be Kyle Sanderlands. And I wanted to host a show and I wanted to be on air. And I never got to do that. Were you pushing for it? Here's the thing. Also, no. Mm. I was also like, if I just perform in the office, they'll just throw me on air. Like, (laughs) you actually have to go and you've got to sort of fight your way in radio. It's so competitive. And I just don't have that in me. And so I just did all these jobs and I watched all these people do all these sort of things with radio. And I learnt so much. And that nine years built the foundation of basically what I do now. And I wouldn't be able to do what I do had I not learnt those things. You know, had I not, you know, you have to sit through all those boring fucking HR videos, nine HR videos. <laughs> but like that, that's taught me because um, I now run two businesses. Yeah. So I've learned a lot from that. And I've also learnt, because I used to get air checks a lot. So I would do fake breaks. Um, I'd go into the studio, I'd record, I'd pretend to record. And an air check is something that you give to your boss and he listens to it. Yeah. And he says, terrible, 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 shit, shit. Here's why. And you know, you go, okay, well, how am I going to improve? And a lot of it was uh, you talk too much, uh, cut down, cut, get to the point quicker. Um, Shave 30 seconds. Shave 30 yeah, seconds. and <laughs> as I'm saying this, I mean, my podcast goes for 40 minutes and I talk about nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was like, here's the audience you want to talk to and here's how you get to them. And mm. it taught me, you know, get to the punchline really quick in a video. Put the put the funniest bit in black and white at the first three seconds and you hook them in and now you can do three minutes of the video and they'll sit through it. Or, you know, are you talking to women 25 to 54? What are they doing? Who are they? Um, and especially that storytelling element. Um, because a lot of the time, you know, I'm very lucky. I'll listen to people on podcasts or I'll, I'll watch the videos of them and they haven't gone through that experience and they don't paint a picture. And I'm, I'm trying to understand what they're saying, but they can see it, but they're not painting that picture and they're not very good at explaining. Or they say they've a lot of filler words. Like, you know what really pisses me off. <laughs> hey guys, um, let's like blah blah blah. Let's really ju- let's just jump into it. I'm like, if you were gonna <laughs> jump into a video, you would have just gone into it, okay? You don't need to announce that you're jumping into a video. Don't say guys. It's very impersonal, you know. Like, but these are all the things that you know we've all gotten yelled at yeah, for yeah. being in radio, mm. and it just teaches you how to connect with people. And once you connect with them, like I'd, I hadn't really connected with anyone online except for really recently. Um, Peach PRC, who's on TikTok. Oh, she's great. Peach. Yeah. For some weird reason, I had a freak out. I was like, what if I saw her in person? I would run up to her and like, she's also got social anxiety and, um, but I feel like she shares so much of her life, as do I, that I know her like a best friend, but I have 
never really experienced that with anyone. And so it was this really interesting moment recently where I went, oh, that's how people feel about me, which is so flattering. And they'll come up to you on the street. Can I see your penis? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I wish. Some of them burst into tears. Yeah. And I look at them and I go, oh, you need better role models. (laughs) Um, But then they start shaking and it's so flattering. And you sort of have to get over yourself a little bit to be... Embrace them, thank them, ask their name, you know, be kind. Because it can be oh, very overwhelming to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm just guess paint colours, guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> and so th- that, that's that been really motivating. Yeah. Um, Do you think, I mean, question that, I mean, you spoke about it there, but learning all those skills, you've been then able to amplify and use those skills in other mediums outside of radio. I mean, you talk about the, the storytelling element, you now tell stories on stage, you talk about the getting to that funny bit, the hook bit in a video, you do mm. that on your own accord mm. now. All this stuff has nothing to do with radio. Although, mind you, you are the first guest who's managed to turn on his mic by himself. So well done for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> as a, Thank as you. From one panel operator to another, this nine one's for years. you, buddy. That yeah. took there nine you go. years. <laughs> It was we very impressive. That. It was good. Uh, when he walked around. It looks like a cockpit in here, <laughs> FYI. And he just walked was, around. We had to change the sides. It was like he's in a desk in Brisbane. We're in a desk in studio, like a studio we do yeah. our show. And yeah, Christian just walked around. So we had to change cameras. He just turned his mic. And he's like, all right, when like, are we doing I, this? F- I did got an erection when he did that. I was well, like, yeah, yes! I used to panel. Like, I've done everything. Which yeah. is why it, it's so interesting to be back with the company I used to work for as the talent. Yeah. Like, just, I remember that first time coming in here and going, oh my God, this is everything I wanted to do. And I knew I'd get to this moment. And I was like, holy shit, I can now berate the producers to get me a hot coffee. <laughs> I've yeah. made, I can throw throw it if it's too hot in their face. <laughs> yeah. You know, so do everything that the she's, she's awful, isn't she? Yeah, she's horrible. Oh, what a slut. <laughs> I love Nat. Poor Nat. She's <laughs> she got assigned to me. She didn't want to work with me on the podcast. Uh, she's she was right. forced. Um, you know, you talk about those nine years. I'm really interested. And in, look, I hope when people listen to these podcasts that Nathan and I do that, you know, it, it helps them in their own journey. You know, yeah. figuring out what they want to do or how they want to do it. Totally. I yeah. have met a lot of Christian Hulls and Nathan and I's time in radio. People that you know haven't been given that opportunity yet. They have at the mic. Bell. Bell McNamara. Yes. Perfect example. Oh yeah. my God. So she is now hosting the breakfast show in the biggest. A market in Sydney, in Melbourne. Um, she was a junior producer when I started working, and she was just, you know, and she she worked with a good friend of ours, Sonda. And Sonda, oh, like Sonda. I was speaking to Sonda recently, and I was just like, Belle. And she's like, I know, isn't it fantastic? Belle was a passionate radio. She was she was radio. Yeah. And you'd constantly see, and look, there's nothing wrong with this, because um, I've got friends who came from, you know, reality TV shows that are <laughs> yeah. now hosting gigs. But it's all reality shows. You've got to have that following before you get on air. But how do you get that following? You've got to work really hard. And then why the hell would you go on radio when you have, you know, 1.6 million people on TikTok you're making a fortune? You want to, yeah. like, I just, anyways, uh, yeah. sorry. Well, that's why we're here, because we don't, we don't have a huge following. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I didn't yeah. mean that in a... Oh, that's Christian, Christian, reshare like, this I, video. Reshare this video. Yeah. <laughs> I just got... I just... I'm bi- I am bitter about radio. Yeah. But... Uh, no, but I, I wanted at, to ask, how did you how did you make that jump? How, what, what was the thing that changed for you? You went from being the support artist to being the main guy on the stage. Uh, was there any imposter syndrome as well? Like no, when, thank God. Yeah. Because okay. I, I have friends who have imposter syndrome and it's crippling for them. Yeah. And no, because I'm like, nah, earn this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> give it to me. 
Um, so what changed? What, what was the thing that you went, no, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go think, be Christian Hunt. Well, it was definitely the financial element of it. I was working at Carrie and Tommy and I loved working for them. They were, it was just the funnest show. And also they let me get away with doing one Instagram story for them a day. Mm. So I was getting paid a fortune <laughs> to do nothing. And I, I had my very first tour booked. So it was 16 shows across Australia. Um, and I was like, how am I going to do Monday to Friday with Carrie and Tommy and the weekends traveling and doing shows? Like, it's going to kill me. And I just remember my tour manager saying, well, here's the projected earnings you'll make. And I was like, holy shit, I'll just resign. <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, well, uh, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm out. I'm earning my entire salary plus more in the space of six weeks. Yeah, and so I... I, I, I decided to leave radio and just focus on doing my own was, thing. Was it, was it hard? Because, I mean, we were chatting earlier, so Sonda is, is now our boss. Is our boss. Isn't it? And yeah. she, we, we were, just she was, got off the phone with yeah. her. And yeah. she <gasps> said, you're talking to Krishna. Are you? Ah, love that guy. Slut. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love that she was like, oh, yeah, love that guy. Yeah. So Sonda said, if she has something nice to say, she won't say it. So yeah. that's, uh, thanks, Sonda. Yeah. But was it hard leaving? Because, I, I, you know, we, we sort of know that Carrie and Tommy's team, like it, it's a family. Mm. Was it hard leaving them? Very hard leaving that team. You're very comfortable. Comfortable. They're a very well-oiled machine, yep. and that team was rock solid. And everyone knew what everyone was doing, and they were also supportive. And so it was. But I also went. This is a fantastic way to end radio. Yeah. You know, um, it can be really tricky. You can work on some shows that um, uh, destroy your soul. And I was really lucky to finish with Carrie and Tommy, and I was excited. They were. You know what they said to me because I came in and sort of goes, "Oh, Christian has something to say," and they're both like, "We knew it." We've been waiting. You've been here six months too long. And they just were like, we, we knew this day would come. We absolutely foresaw this day. Six months ago, we thought you were going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Christian, um, when I'm gay. <laughs> Put that on the air. Put it on I mean, the air. I've got to tell I everyone. Held, I held Tommy's hand and went, is there anything you want to tell me? <laughs> um, do you know what's so funny is every gay uh, ever, uh, the first thing they say is, oh, you worked with Tommy Little. Have you seen him nude? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. Hey, finally. Christian, the straight say that to us too. Yes. So, <laughs> <we're> just, <laughs> everyone. It's everybody. Just, is he like, is he awful? I'm like, no, he's <laughs> too nice. Have you seen Why are you it? asking? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Christian. But you have seen one of Sonda's breasts. She just pops you to the one out. Doesn't you haven't seen that? No, she did that at Mardi, oh, at Mardi Gras. When she was breastfeeding, yes. <laughs> um, Apparently at Mardi Gras, she got one breast out. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'll give Sonda <laughs> half a glass of red wine. <laughs> She'd get both breasts out. <laughs> uh, I mean, so Christian, now we're now fully into comedy as a career now, or in so many different levels. There's the live shows, there's the podcast. Uh, there are so many different avenues. There's a book out that you can go and uh, you can go and get as well. Mm. By Leave Christian me alone. Hull. Leave me. Yeah, no, that's what it's. They called that. Leave me alone. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Christian, is there a favourite medium for you at the moment? Or are you kind of, I mean, let's obviously it's OnlyFans, but underneath that, is there a favourite comedy medium, Christian Hum medium out there? Podcasting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like everything that I wanted to do with radio, um, it just gives you the, the freedom. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to just talk for three minutes, play a song and 20 minutes of ads. Um, I love podcasting. And I've got Nat, producer Nat, who... It's, it can be hard to gel with someone who gets you. Yep. And she is, again, she's just as much of a dirty sight as I am. <laughs> and so I've really connected with her and she really understands, like she'll set things up. And she thinks, I don't realise she's doing it, but she's just such a good, like, comedy wing person. Yeah. You know, and, and she'll lead me to things or she'll drop hints about where I should take something. 
because sometimes I can go off on all these random tangents and I know, I'm like, oh, oh, Nat's got an idea. I can just tell. And so she's been really great. And I've never, I've never worked with anyone. I've, I've always been on my own. Mm. And so it's just been so fun to bounce off someone. Um, and I, like, we've spent like the last five hours of today recording a couple of episodes and it's just, we're in tears the entire time. Yeah. So having, mm. I mean, what about that difference of now uh, working in a team, but also now having a team working towards, I mean, you working towards you and, and creating your content. How, how has that differential been? Like from, you talk about the Carrie and Tommy team, which is such a, an amazing mm. tight knit team to now having a team that is working to, I guess, drive your content as best as possible. It's great. It's re- it's really good. It it can it can get along. I feel like there's a little bit of pressure yeah. when there's a team. And <laughs> uh, in lockdown, uh, I moved to Brisbane and went into lockdown. And I made a lot of money by selling some resin pendants, <laughs> just some dumb, you know, like old ladies make resin jewelry. I yeah. just made resin jewelry. I made half a million dollars in six months from selling this. Wow! And so yeah, it was crazy. It was just all <laughs> that yeah. blew up on TikTok, and I invested that money by hiring two staff. I, I flew them up from Melbourne and from Sydney and I tried to build a social media empire basically. And then I realized managing people is is quite difficult. I also realized that I'm very spontaneous. I don't, I've never planned anything. Nothing has ever been planned. The move to Brisbane wasn't planned. Um, just like buying a car, like all doing a tour, nothing for me has, has been like, this is what I'm going to do at this point. It's yeah. just like, you know, the tour came about because um, my tour manager who had a company just approached and I was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah then let's do it. And he's like, uh, in a month? I'm like, yeah, it sounds soon, but yeah, okay. <laughs> and then having a team and staff and, and structure sort of, it just killed everything. And it became more of a business. And also with the pe- the, the resin pendant also became a business. So I was selling stuff online. Yeah. Um, and then I was trying to do social stuff and make money from that. And then it became really overwhelming. And the last two years I've sort of shut down and I'm just coming out of that now. Uh, unfortunately, I had to let both of Ben and Phoebe go um, because if I stop, the money stops and the money stopped and it was very stressful. Yeah. And I'm now, I've just haven't felt funny for like two years. The last time I felt funny was like guessing paint colors. And I was like, why is this, why is this funny? And why is it doing so well? Like I had Ellen calling me after that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Like that was insane. And did she bully you? (laughs) <laughs> Do you know it was right at that time And I was like I don't know if I want to go on <laughs> But how great would that be If they asked me to go on it And I turned it down yeah. <gasps> What a story Piss off I've got on James Corden Oh wait yeah. <laughs> Oh hang on a minute <laughs> Hang on a minute uh, <laughs> um, And so I'm now sort of coming out of that Very chaotic two years uh, And I'm feeling a bit better And the podcast Because I've only just started Really doing this podcast So yeah. it's gotten me out of that weird vortex. So even now when that, like, I mean, you're in this incredible part of your, your career with with comedy and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's good for people to know that there's still some, some lows, some comedy lows. Well, it's interesting when you say, and I don't know whether you're just saying this, like the best part of my career. Like I'm literally like, Oh, I think it was over three years ago. (laughs) Like I, I still feel it's, it's really interesting because I just feel like, okay, well, Christian was a funny person on TikTok. He was this. And that's a hard feeling to get out of. And because I don't leave the house, you just sort of get trapped in your own world. Yeah. And it's when I went to the airport recently 
And I felt like Taylor Swift. <laughs> it was, oh, so good for the ego. It, like, I was getting so, a queue formed for photos. And I was like, oh, my God, stop it. <laughs> and, you know, like, and it was great. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm still relevant at the moment. How long is that going to last for? Yeah. Uh, so there's always an impending sense of doom. Um <laughs> But at least, hopefully, you know, OnlyFans will keep me going. But do, do you think that's as well? Like, it's it's a hard balance to, you know, this is this thing that you love. It seems that you know, performance, and mm. I think maybe you know, learning to be funny and what is funny and what works has happened, you know, over your career. But do you think that you know it became a business? That's probably what took a bit of the fun out of it. You had oh, to be one hundred percent. Yeah, it became a business. Formal. As soon yeah. as it became a business, it just. Uh, unintentionally, it just sucked yeah. the life out of everything. Yeah. The spontaneity was completely gone. And uh, it took me two years to realize all my content came very spontaneously. You know, it's literally just a situation happens in my life. My natural reaction, um, like when I tore, I tore my ACL. I did a star jump, tore my ACL. And my first <laughs> thing I said was, make sure you're filming. <laughs> That's the first thing I said to Ben. And he was, he was filming at the time. And I heard it and I said, don't you put that camera down. <laughs> He's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm in agony, but film it. You know, like that's where my head is at now. So it's just like, I just film my life and I love the fact that I'm just so useless and it, that's just who I am. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Well, Christian, we, we love who you are instead of all those people at the airport and all those people on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> funnily enough, out at the airport. same people, same, same yes. people. <laughs> don't, get, don't get your penis out of the airport though. That's uh, real. No, no. Uh, Christian, the way we, the way, the way we finish this. Gun? <laughs> Whoa, geez, don't shoot. Uh, the way we finish this, Christian, of course, the, the title of the podcast is Born Funny. We've heard uh, we've heard the, the story, the journey of Christian Hull now. Uh, Jimmy and I answer it, but also we want you to answer it. I mean, you've, you've, you've heard your own story. You know your own story. What do you think? Mm. Christian Hull, born funny, yes or no? Oh, that's not a yes or no answer. Look, I, I think me, born funny, no. I agree. I think it's been, yeah. been learnt. Yeah. I think you've, from what you've said is you've been, you know, performing and you've been entertaining people and then you've, you've probably done that so much over your life, even in that difficult part in high school, you were still doing it with, you know, your family and, um, you've, you've learned what is funny. The more you do, the better you get. Just taking the best bits from people. Mm. Yeah. And then. Absolutely. Yeah. Stolen all their stuff. And <laughs> repurposed it. Wasn't he the Cash guy that in? danced on the silver seats at primary school? Yeah, he was. <laughs> I just saw his cock on TV. <laughs> To the street, <laughs> just, it just gets oh. it out. Oh. Well, you can't wear a jacket up in Brisbane; it's too no, hot. That's going to be my life in twenty years. That crazy man <laughs> in the park, just flashing everyone. Hey, we'll still have you on the show. Yeah, from jail. I, mean, I, wanna, I might be busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's Ellen Dust. Oh, we got Ellen. <laughs> we got Ellen. <laughs> Christian Holt, we love oh. you to bits, mate. Thank you oh, so thank much you. for coming on. Uh, we adore thank you. you, guys. After you listen to this podcast, go and listen to Complete Dribble as well. I mean, it's an oh, awesome podcast. Nah. <laughs> Don't pretend like you've listened to an episode. Of <laughs> oh, one of my favorite it's, podcasts. It's, love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. also, Christian came and he goes, guys, I'm a bit of a diva. I come in, come out. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I did. Yeah. It's, that's because I'm useless. It's uh, yeah. Hey, we're useless too. We're three <laughs> I, I useless I, people. I've known I've had this interview for like a month, and it's been sitting in there with exactly what you wanted from me. And I got in, and I was like, "Shit, Nat, where's Nat? <laughs> I didn't ask him what I'm supposed to be doing." <laughs> Guys, can you just tell me what uh, what do you need from me? <laughs> Hey, you gave us everything we needed. It was perfect, oh, mate. God, Thank you so you. much, Christian. We love you, love to be, you brother, and appreciate Thank your you. time. Good luck with the chlamydia. <laughs> 
listener.